This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be continuing the sermon on the Office of the Evangelist in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. When we left off, Pastor Greg was in Acts chapter 9 in the example of individual evangelism where Philip preaches to the Ethiopian official. An angel has told him the Holy Spirit will give him leading. This is where I want you to go, to this man. And God is obviously telling us something here in the book of Acts about evangelism and about who should be evangelized. We're going way beyond now the limits of Jerusalem and Judea and even Samaria. We're going outside the gate. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, verse 28. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. So he's reading Isaiah. What a book to read, to be evangelized, to hear, to ask the questions, because Isaiah speaks so much about Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is setting forth the conditions for witnessing. We don't know if the man purchased a scroll when he was in Jerusalem. We don't know if someone gave him the scroll when he was in Jerusalem. Verse 29, Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Go near and overtake, or stay near. Literally, it means in the Greek, literally it says, glue yourself to this. Go near and glue yourself to this chariot. And Philip runs. Now, the chariot is being drawn by horses, and Philip's running, and you get a flashback to Elijah, right? When Elijah was able to overrun the horses and the chariots of Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 18, Philip here is able to run in the power of the Holy Spirit and get on side. Maybe he jumps on the running board, but he's running alongside this official's chariot. And he asks the question, he hears the man reading. The man must be reading out loud, obviously, reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you are reading? And Isaiah, is, as I said, is a perfect book. But you know, Philip, as an evangelist, probably could have preached Jesus from any book in the Bible. He preaches Jesus to this man. And the man has the thought, the question in his mind. He's reading, he's trying to understand it. And right at the point he needs to understand, God brings Philip to him. God brings the person with the answer. How blessed it is to have the answer to those who have questions about the Bible, about life. And he invites Philip to come in um, he says in verse 31, and he said, How can I unless someone guides me? How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. He invites him to come up. How can I unless someone guides me? How can I unless someone explains it to me? The Bible can be like that. People who desire to know it need some type of guidance, need some type of explanation. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 10, how then, in verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, good news, the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Think of the feet of Philip there, right? Those feet running after that chariot, he's bringing to this man who is so outside of Judaism, he's bringing good news. How can they know unless they've heard? And how can they hear unless it's preached? And how can it be preached unless they are sent? And the angel and the spirit have sent Philip to this man. How can I understand it unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And then verse 32 to 33, what we read here is Isaiah chapter 53, 7 to 8, as it is in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the one that Jesus read from in the synagogue. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And you notice the words, same meaning, slightly different words, because it's coming from the Septuagint, the Septuagint rather than the Hebrew Masoretic text. Okay. Verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? That's a question in Judaism today, right? Isaiah 53, very powerful dramatic section of the Old Testament. And what did Isaiah mean? Was he speaking of himself or was he speaking of some other man? Clearly, he's not speaking of a nation. When you read Isaiah 53, though, today some modern Judaism tries to translate it into the nation of Israel. It is clearly speaking about some man, some other man other than Isaiah, to whom all these things happened and more, because we only have here 7 and 8, but the whole chapter 53 of Isaiah speaks about Jesus Christ 700 years before the events happen. Who is the prophet speaking of? How can I know? How can I understand unless someone guides me? He's reading the book. How can I know? And then the question, who is the prophet speaking about? Now, I don't know about you, but I've had times in the past where the Lord has led me to speak to people. And it is amazing how at that particular time something has happened in their life that they want to speak about the things of God, just like this man is reading the scroll. Right? God sets it up, and many times they will ask you the question. You know, we become fearful of evangelism. How do I approach it? What do I do? What do I say? Well, when the Spirit of God is in it, many times they will ask you the question, and all you have to do is be ready to give them the answer, that your feet are blessed to bring them the good news. And so Philip, verse 35, what does he have to do? What does the evangelist have to do? What do you have to do to evangelize? Then Philip, what? Opened his mouth. You cannot evangelize if you keep your mouth shut. 
It's just, it's impossible, you know? Too many times we want to evangelize, we want to evangelize, but we don't want to open our mouths. Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, beginning at this point in Isaiah, great point to start, but as I said, I think any part of the Bible, Philip could have preached Jesus. He opened his mouth, he answered the question, and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. It says in the New King James. The NIV will say, he told the good news about Jesus. Well, the word there in the Greek is the word we studied last time, euangelizo, euangelizo, to evangelize, to be a messenger of the good, the good news. is a verb to announce the good news. He announced the good news about Jesus. He preached Jesus to him. The evangelist preaches Jesus. If you are an evangelical, you preach Jesus Christ. That is the focus. And too often in Christian history, the focus of the churches has been to preach the church, the institution, the religion, right? And all the trappings of that religion and convert a person to that religion, that organization. Philip was not looking to convert this man to an organization. He's looking to convert him to Jesus Christ. Jesus available for the Jew, Jesus available for the Gentile. He preached the good news, and the only good news is in Jesus. He preached Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And every Christian should be able to preach about Jesus. Even if we're not an evangelist, we should be able to tell the good news about Jesus. And certainly we should know Isaiah 53, especially if we have the privilege of speaking to Jewish brethren. Isaiah chapter 53 is so dramatic in showing Jesus as Messiah. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus, preached the good news of Jesus to him. Verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came near to some water. Now you're on the desert road, the gospel comes in, and now there's water, right? Water in the desert. And the eunuch said, here, see, here is water. See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And obviously, in this conversation from Isaiah to preaching Jesus, Philip had to give him the same answer that Peter gave when they said, what shall we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not into a church, not into some organization, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Is God calling this Ethiopian man? Yes, right. He understood from the conversation with Philip that he needed to be baptized, right? doesn't say here that Philip talked to him. Obviously, he did. How would he know it? He said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And baptism is so important. You know, we believe with our hearts and we're saved. But going into the water of baptism is a declaration to the world, to the angels, to the demons, to ourselves, that we truly believe. 
Baptism cannot save an unsaved person. But a saved person should be convicted to get baptized, to say, Lord Jesus, I belong to you. And so this Ethiopian eunuch understands it. The Holy Spirit has set up this whole conversion, this whole witness. He's convicted. He receives it. So much so that the man says, what stops me? What hinders me from being baptized? Now, if this was entrance into the Jewish assembly, the assembly of the congregation of Israel, well, a lot hinders him, right? I just studied all that a few minutes ago. But under the new covenant, the new contract, even though he's a Gentile, even though he's head of a Gentile, he's a, an official of a Gentile nation, even though he's a eunuch prohibited from joining the assembly of Israel, he can now join the assembly of God. The answer is nothing hinders him. There is nothing that hinders anyone from coming into the kingdom of God as long as they do it through Jesus Christ. The good news. That's good news. That's great news. Salvation offered to the Jew, salvation offered to the Gentile, male, female, young, old. No matter what a person has done, this man can't take back being a eunuch, can he? No matter what has been done, in the blood of Jesus Christ is forgiven. And the answer is nothing hinders him being baptized. Listen to Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web at shiarjeshub.org and watch the live streams of our Sunday service on the Shiar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel.